Hey, you're about to listen to some bonus content from our series, A Firm Foundation. I'll be talking with Austin Kropp about how he studies the Bible. We'll talk about the methods he uses, as well as some of the tools and resources that he loves. And if any of that interests you, we've included a list in the show notes. Okay, so Austin, I want to have a conversation about how um, how you study the Bible mm-hmm. today, because, man, like for people who listened to our previous conversation about Matthew five twenty seven to thirty, it's just it's so rich, mm-hmm. and it's there's so much there, and it's like if we would take the time to just mine out these treasures. Yeah. There's just an incredible amount there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about like this is just a few. <laughs> I mean, Jesus's words are incredibly profound and dense. There's just so much there. Mm-hmm. Like when I looked at yesterday, um, the world, cosmos. Mm-hmm. John uses cosmos seventy nine times in wow. his gospel. Really? Yeah. And if you look at uh, John 1 to 18, mm-hmm. it's like that all of the themes, all of the major themes that he's going to expand, is it's all right here. Wow. Yeah. So you see light and darkness uh-huh. constant. You see him coming to his own and his own not receiving him, but to everyone who did receive him being given the right to become the children of God. See the glory of Jesus. He, he talks about the glory a lot. Mm-hmm. And Jesus revealing God, you know, mm-hmm. it's like all of that is, this is the intro and he's just gonna expand those themes throughout the whole book. Wow. And then you start reading First John mm. and it's like, wow, First John, it's like a commentary on his gospel or really? it's just, it's just a deeper look at some of the things that he talked about in his gospel. Yeah, because, okay, like here's a great example. In John 3, he says, yeah, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because mm. their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does wow. not come to the light lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works may have been carried out in God. And that verse right there, 21, whoever mm-hmm. does what is true comes to the light. I've always been like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Right? But then you look at 1 John mm-hmm. and he starts telling you what that means. That's so awesome. Wow. Yeah. We talks about truth a lot mm-hmm. in 1 John. So that's what, it's like, yeah, you could look at that verse, whoever does what is true, and then you just go, oh, okay, and then he just starts talking about it a lot. Like, for instance, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Yeah. That's that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> this stuff is amazing. Okay, so with all that being said, can we talk about how you study the Bible? I'm hoping that some people will say, oh yeah, I, I like some of those methods, some of those tools, and can begin to 
incorporate them into their own study. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this has been a process of growth for me for the last several years at least. So this is where I'm currently at. Um, I like to study whole books at a time. That's the way that I do it. So obviously for these podcast series, we're taking little chunks of scripture here and there, but still, whatever passage I'm studying, I generally follow in these kind of this method. Okay. Um, but for a whole book, this is especially what I do. I guess you could say that it's kind of like the inductive method for those uh, who know what that's what that is. Um, but generally, I will go through. And again, this kind of depends on what passage it is or what kind of style. But I initially read through this whole passage or this whole book. And if I'm having a little bit of an issue understanding these kinds of things, I try paraphrasing. Okay. So that's the first thing I would do is paraphrase. Sometimes I've found it's unhelpful and I don't like get that much out of paraphrasing. So. I don't like try to like make that a hard and fast thing. If it's not working, if it's not helpful, then I just don't do it. But mm -hmm. sometimes I find that it's very, very helpful to help me grasp mm -hmm. what actually is in the text, um, what's going on. So that would be the first thing is paraphrasing. Um, so you, Okay, explain paraphrasing real quick for somebody who doesn't know what that is. Sure, yeah, so it's pretty simple. Um, just taking each verse by verse or maybe a couple verses and putting it in my own words. So literally when I do it, I do it all in Word. So all of those files are like Matthew in your own words. Okay. <laughs> um, that's the titles I use. So just trying to like take the words that are there and maybe rethink them or like what do they mean? and maybe expanding a word into several words to give it more of a down-to-earth feel um, of what could be said. Just kind of expanding it out a little bit, um, I think is pretty much the way that I view paraphrasing. Yeah, some people who enjoy writing mm -hmm. will enjoy this. Yeah. Other people who hate writing, this would be very hard. Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> It sort of depends on your personality maybe and your and your giftings, but yeah, I've also found it very helpful. It forces me to not just read words, yes, but to say, what's really going on here? Yeah, it gets your mind engaged with it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, the second thing I would do is go through and intentionally read the book. Something that is very, very helpful as I'm reading, I always keep this in mind, is the five W's and an H, like asking questions, interrogating, okay. Like, who is this written to? You know, who is being talked about right now? What is the purpose of this? Why is this being said, you know? Where, you know, questions of where is this taking place in a certain location? You know, all these kinds of questions. Where, um, who, what, where, when, why, how. Very important as I'm like reading through, asking these questions and engaging with it. Like just not just letting a phrase pass by me, but no, like, okay, what are you actually saying? Why are you here? Why is this in the scripture? Okay, can, I know that that comes from the inductive study mm -hmm. method. Yes. And some people would really love that. Can we, just go through maybe like a few verses so you can 
show how that works. Sure. Because if you're not familiar with doing that, I think mm -hmm. it would be hard for people to understand how that method works. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Well, let's go to Hebrews. I think because um, this is the most recent one I've been in. Okay. So Hebrews one is a really good example. Okay. Um, if you, if I just take maybe the first couple of verses, mm -hmm. um, it says Hebrews one verse one. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. Okay, so as I'm reading through this, I'm keeping in my mind who is being talked about. Okay, so God, God spoke. When? He spoke long ago. How did he speak? Well, he spoke in many ways mm. by the prophets, you know, so it, starts kind of engaging me like, okay, so do I have any indication of where, if there's a location? Well, not really here. You know, why? Well, maybe not in these verses I can really understand why, but as I'm going through, I'm looking, okay, why did he say this, you know? So I'm, as I'm reading through this passage, I'm, my mind is alert to think, okay, why is this? Hmm. Why did he do this? In the past, he spoke by the prophets, but why has he now spoken to us by the Son? You know, how has he spoken? Well, wow, he's spoken to us today through his Son. So that's important. So I need to take a note of that. Like, if God is speaking through the prophets in the past, and now he's saying he's speaking through his Son, wow, okay, I got to listen up here. Um, that sort of thing. So that's a little bit of how that happens. Yeah, and I think that. The thing that's really cool, I've I've never done the inductive study method, but the thing that I th that seems really beneficial about this is as you like you said, you ask questions of the text, who, what, when, where, why, how. As you answer those questions, mm -hmm. it becomes more obvious what the Bible is actually trying to communicate. Correct. Yes. So instead of just having all these questions like what does this mean and how does this apply to me? As you answer those individual questions, it's like, oh, this is what it means. Right, yeah, so out of those questions, as you're going through the passage, you're going to start to find certain things emerging. You know, you're going to start seeing maybe some key words or some themes appearing. Like, as you're asking these questions, there's a purpose is going to start emerging up out. And, you know, one thing that I really love about this method that I do is it gets me so much into it rather than like reading commentaries. I just get really lost in the weeds with that a lot of times. <laughs> right. And I like the sense of it keeps me engaged um, maybe more emotionally. I don't know. Like I like to feel like I'm discovering something for myself and that helps me in scripture rather than like, okay, all right, what does this guy say? What is, it just, it helps me like get into it more. I like learning things, so whatever. That's why I like this, so. Well, let me say something real quick about that because I think that's God's intention. Mm -hmm. Maybe not just I wanna be fed emotionally or I wanna be fed intellectually, but in Psalms, he talks specifically about that. Mm. 
in Psalms 1. He says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. When you do what you're talking about, you are forced to meditate, not just read words. They're just, the words are hitting you and bouncing off, but really Mm -hmm. meditate. And then it says, he is like a tree planted Mm -hmm. by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. You know, so it is God's intention that we think, pray, meditate, Mm -hmm. discover, Yes. What his word is teaching. So yeah, anyway. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's definitely what I found for myself with this. So as I'm going through a text, I'm also looking for keywords, things that appear in the text that are going to be like irreplaceable. If I take this word out, it loses its meaning. So just as I'm reading through, I'm asking these questions then I'm going to be like, I'm gonna be already familiar with some of these and I'm gonna be like, oh wow, I've seen this word before or I've maybe seen this synonym before. Like there's several, there's a grouping of words that mean the same thing that the author is using the same meaning for. And okay, so I make a note of those. Make sure that I'm keeping a list of keywords. And so I'm just going from the beginning to the end over and over and What I like is I'm going layer by layer, but I'm always in it. I'm always in the word and getting something new every time. Hmm. So as I'm going through, as these keywords emerge, then I go into the keywords and I make a list. What do I learn about these keywords? I use the same, the five W's and an H with the keywords. So when that keyword appears in the chapter or wherever it is, I'm gonna ask that those five questions, okay? You know, why is this here? Can I answer that question from the scripture? Why does, um, well, I'm trying to think, uh, especially here in Hebrews, um, what some of the keywords, <laughs> I don't have my notes for it. Um, oh yeah, I've studied, I've studied keywords a ton some of them in in Hebrews. Forever is a key word. Mm-hmm. Always, eternal, that's a big key word. Draw near, patience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so some of these, where they appear, I can learn a lot by asking these questions of the key word where it is in the verse. Wow. What is this telling me? And just then write exactly what the scripture says about that. How does it answer the question? So like, why patience or what does patience look like in this, you know? So answering those are going to like be fodder for meditation and then later application, right? Because this is all observation currently. Like I'm not trying to apply this to myself yet. I'm just trying to see what the Bible is saying. Yeah, let me just comment on that. I think that that seems to me to be very important because in our day and age, I think when we read the Bible, we want to say pretty quickly, what does this mean for me? Or what does this say to me? Yes. And if you haven't understood what the Bible is saying, mm-hmm. then you can very 
easily misunderstand what it's saying to you. Yes. So like in our, you know, we've got our Twitter age, our Instagram age, people just post up like one verse or whatever, and it's like, oh yeah, what is that speaking to me? Mm-hmm. But you know, this the word was not written to us. Yeah. <laughs> it is for us, yeah. but it wasn't written to us. So, you know, if you picked up a if you're walking down the road and you find a letter yeah. and you rip it open and go, oh, what is this saying to me? <laughs> it's like, well, it wasn't written to you, <laughs> you know? Right. So there is some, there is a ton of value in yes. saying, what is the Bible saying? And then saying, okay, God, how do I, how do I use this? Yeah, absolutely. Because the context of these are going to then provide me the correct interpretation of that to make that application to my own life. And it provides such a depth to the scriptures. Like it's not just like me going through, okay, what does this speak? What is this speaking to me? No, I'm actually understanding and learning the heart behind what the author was saying, what his purpose was like, what was burning foremost in his mind. And the New Testament, a lot of it is letters to people, to actual personal people that had specific situation and specific circumstances, specific things, and it just adds so much depth to it. Um, Mm. So anyways, so as I'm going through um, doing keywords and doing those lists, then from that, I'll expand some, especially some of those keywords that stand out to me into word studies. Okay, I know what now in this, in this book, what this keyword is being used as, but maybe what about the same word patience in Revelation? What do I learn from the word patience in Revelation or the rest of the scripture? So doing that is very helpful as well, especially in getting an understanding of other contexts of what this word is used as. So from reading through it, I get and these word word studies keywords, I can formulate a theme. What is coming, what is getting lifted up out as like main things that our keywords are constantly hitting on is a theme that is emerging from the book. And from that, I can see what the purpose is, mm-hmm. why the author and what's the purpose of the author in this book. So in the end, when I've studied a book, it's like, okay, wow, all right, I know the purpose of this book. So Hebrews is not a good book for maybe somebody who's just like become a Christian. Um, This is a book for someone who needs to go deeper in the Lord, right? I don't know. It's just you gain a deeper understanding of the scriptures so you're not misusing them um, or out of context in different ways, like or just better uses for scripture. (laughs) You know, all scripture is... Mm-hmm. can in some ways edify, but just the more, it sharpens me, especially as a counselor. I'm like, you know, I need to know the word of God when I'm giving it to a guy to actually be able to like um, pierce into his situation in a helpful way. So, mm. and then after all of that, I get into <laughs> commentaries. <laughs> okay. After all of that, it's commentaries. Um, And I'm sometimes I, yeah, just to make sure that I'm not like off on a crazy tangent. Um, And a lot of those commentaries, if we're looking for specific resources, um, I do a lot of my main study on eSword. I use the Mac version of their app and I really like that. But 
The Blue Letter Bible on the internet is amazing for interlinear concordance stuff, as well as some commentaries. But I like McLaren. I always like check his first. It's just the depth of his um, exposition is amazing. Pulpit commentary, Spurgeon, some of these older guys I really, really enjoy. And Bible Hub is another one for commentaries that I use a lot. They have a lot of free online commentaries. So yeah, that's kind of my method. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, and because I know you, I would also say that your method would definitely work for certain people because mm -hmm. how long have you been in Hebrews? <laughs> you say it's a year and a half. <laughs> yes, year and a half. <laughs> um, so some people that would they would just like, you know, tear all their hair out. Mm -hmm. um, but other people might really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. But I think your method could sort of be modified. Yeah. So that you don't spend um, such a long time in a book if people are are kind of freaking out about the idea of spending a year and a half in one book. Right. But um, you could take a small book. Mm -hmm. Hebrews is a, is a large book. Hebrews mm -hmm. is a very dense book. Mm -hmm. So you could take a book like 1 Thessalonians, which is a lot simpler. Mm -hmm. You could also set a time limit. Yep. You know, like, okay, I'll do a week per chapter. Mm -hmm. You could just look at two commentaries versus say, I'm gonna read, you know, 10 commentaries verse or something like that. Um, the other thing I would mention too is that for people who are interested in the inductive study method, you're sort of doing it on your own. Yes. If people wanted to learn how it works, is it precept.org? Precept upon precept, I think. Yeah. I think, I'm not quite sure exact, the exact address. Yeah, yeah. Um, K. Arthur yes. was one of the ones who, who helped really make the inductive study method more well-known. Yeah. And there are Bible studies that you can just buy. Like yes. you wanna go through John and they've got a Bible study, you buy it, it's a notebook. Yep. It tells you exactly how to do the study method as you go. And actually that's how I started Hebrews. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I was really interested in the inductive study. Um, I bought the study with the intention, like I wanna just learn her method so I can do it myself. So I ended up buying the first, like Hebrews I think has three books on it. Okay. Um, so she has like three things, um, or maybe it's just two, but I bought the first one. And so I went through her method, all of it. Um, I think it was the first three chapters. So then I was like, okay, I think I kind of have picked up on the way that she's been doing things. Now, how far can I take it myself? So right, right. That's how I started. Okay, yeah. cool, yeah, so that, that helps. Um, and some people will find that maybe using a, a, a study like that is kind of limiting, mm -hmm. you know? Um, others will find, man, I need that structure. Yep. One thing I, for those who have done this, I do know that what she says should be done in a day, you're not gonna finish in a day. <laughs> no, certainly not. <laughs> That's the way I've found it myself. Anyways. Yeah, so don't get like too hung up on that, but. Anyway, the inductive study method is very popular, is very helpful. Mm -hmm. It'll really cause people to dig in. So I'm grateful that you brought, uh, brought that one out for us. Yeah. Okay, thanks so much. You are welcome.
All right, thanks for listening. If you haven't already heard the interviews I did with Austin, then check out episodes 531 and 532.